Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today, we start a brand new season of... Builder crew. Builder, builder, builder. I like it. New season, new series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this time, by demand of our very closest fans, <laughs> we're doing a true crew. The crewiest of crews. The crewiest of crews. Shiver me timbers. A pirate crew. Yeah, me matey. I don't know how we didn't do this before. I, I, I could have sworn we did this before. Pieces of it, I remember like having thoughts about it. So there's probably pieces of it throughout the podcast episodes. Maybe. But we've never done a deliberate. We've done a sci-fi crew. That's about as close right. as we've gotten. But um, that's in space. This yeah. is on water. And we're going to almost do this one backwards to what people would think. Because usually we like start with like the lowliest and build up. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of doing this almost kind of flip-flop in the first and the second. Almost One Piece style. Yes. Because One Piece, Luffy's the captain, and he needs a crew. So he builds the crew. That's it. But you start with Luffy. Yeah. And the ship is part of the crew, but we consulted uh, with the Assuming Positions team, and they thought we should start with the boat. That's it. Boat needs a captain, then the captain brings the crew. Captain and crew need a place to operate, live, and Mm -hmm. be pirates. Right. We need a home base. So we, we need are, a place to hold our interviews. Yeah, <laughs> we are picking a ship That's to it. sail the seven seas. Oh, a seaworthy vessel. Arr, arr. I'm going to talking like this the whole stupid. <laughs> yeah, fair warning. No, I was going to say all these episodes will now be from here on out in pirate talk. Yes. No. What? What's your first to make it? No. <laughs> oh, I went with a silly one. Though I did. Oh no, it'd be fun, but. Everybody would turn it off. It right will be now. fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of excited about this one. I think that there will be less Pirates of the Caribbean from my side than anyone would think because I pretty much saw the first and second, maybe. There you go. And then it started, they started getting all fantastical, I guess. Supernatural. Uh, supernatural. And I see that as like narrative cop out. I get it. Sort of. Yeah, because well, you get to movie four and five. Not not a bunch of franchises get to four and five. Yeah. So at a certain point, you're like, okay, what do we do now? Right. I've I've never been here before. Then they'll be in space. Yeah. That's usually yeah in the eight to ten range. But yeah, yeah that happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jack Sparrow on the moon. They could get there. Austin Powers did it. Freddy versus Jason and both did it. Yeah, well, Austin Powers would make fun of Moonraker. Oh, that's true. Here's a question for you, though. Yes. Speaking of pirates and we're picking ships, Arr. what is your personal... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what is your personal longest seafaring journey that you've been on? Me? Yeah. I oh. just had this thought because I was like, if I were to be a pirate, how well would I actually do as a pirate based on actual life experience? One time in high school, and I don't know if this was like a field trip because it seems like a weird field trip, <laughs> but it was with people from high school and it wasn't like, Hey, me and my buddies, let's go out to see it. Was like with classmates. Yes. Like forced fun, uh-huh. as it were. Mandatory fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> we went deep sea fishing. Oh, that's off okay. the coast of New England. Well, New England also makes sense. We did and, a bunch of boat related stuff too. Yeah. And in order to go deep sea fishing, you have to get so that you can't see land anymore. Yep. So that's pretty far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that was pretty freaky. And that's to, like all day. To, yeah. Yeah. To not see land. Pretty sure I got sunburned. If I get skin <laughs> cancer in the future, I blame that trip. Specifically. Yeah. Okay. Specifically. Uh, remember someone got really seasick. Um, I got a little bit, but I, I think I handled myself. There you go. I learned that you could like, lay, if you lay down. Yep. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Readjusting your center of balance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Yeah, I think that's the 
the farthest I ever went out to sea. There you go. But you, it's an enjoyable memory. Well, sure, I Other guess. Other than the sunburn. Yeah, I mean, you catch weird fish out there. Did you catch any boots or other weird stuff? No, I don't remember. Just, I just weird fish? I remember like maybe like some kind of sunfish. Is that a fish? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Those are big and kind of look like yeah. hands and tentacles. Yeah. Think, Not actual hands, but I think I caught, like a hand. I think I caught one of those. There you go. But And then others, I forget what everyone else was catching. Okay, so you're relatively seaworthy. Yeah. Okay. Fair what, enough. What about you? Uh, like around New England and stuff, I had like ferry rides and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, I've been on boats. Sure, sure, sure. But mine is about the same. It was a, it was a bunch of my buddies did sailing for high school. Oh yeah, because their family had boats. So it was like mm-hmm. you're gonna sail. We have this boat, so they learned all that. So like, it was sailing all day. Was about mm-hmm. it. Still within sight of the land, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets real tiny, but we never did deep sea stuff. Yeah. Um. But always day stuff. I've never slept on a boat. I've always wanted to. But mm, yeah, that's one thing on I haven't either. done. So. Yeah. Are you opposed to cruises? Only because of that's like a floating hotel. Right. But mm. if I could get a cruise ship to myself, sure. To yourself. <laughs> and a small group. That of, might require piracy. Yeah. With this crew. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're taking over a cruise ship. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I gave away my first pick. Sorry. Oh. Your first pick? No. That would be amazing. I didn't even think of that takeover cruise liner. <laughs> Well, what is your first pick, Mikey? Well, my first pick will be my third pick, because yes. that's how we started on Build yep. a Cruise. We start with the third, the considerations, before we go to our actual picks. Honorable mentions, in a way. That's it. Uh, and so you you said it up front, but it was kind of the inspiration for this, and I've been talking about it so much, and it's in my brain, so it would be remiss not to bring it up here and give it justice, but the first ship to pop into my brain was the Going Mary from One Piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it a bunch. I mean, we've talked about One Piece. We did a whole episode on it. Um, But I am digging in. I am enjoying it. I like the live action. I've watched more of the anime. Uh, Checked out some of the manga, but I'm just keeping my focus on the anime Mm -hmm, for now mm because that's out and I can get get up with it. But So I've gotten more familiar with The Going Merry, and it has its trials and tribulations, but it has a sheep's head for its, like, the the main mast. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that's in dedication to the person that made it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just the whole, I like the serendipity of that ship. It is, I don't know, pirate crews are all about like superstition and luck and like treasure and spirits. And so yeah, what's on your maidenhead is important. Yeah. And so the fact that Luffy is determined, he's like, okay, I need a ship. He's like, how are you going to find one? He's like, I'll just walk around until I find one. <laughs> and he really does. Like he helps out. He does a good deed. And because of his, his good deed, the universe delivers him. Mm-hmm. A seaworthy, awesome-looking ship mm-hmm. that's in honor of the person that made it. It's awesome. Like it's a ram, the sheep, but you know, looks like mm-hmm. a ram, feisty goat. You know, it's got big old horns. Yeah. It's Luffy's favorite seat. That's where I would sit on the front of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has trees on it. It has mango trees on it. So you have the the food supply. It's mm-hmm. got a full galley. It's got uh, room and board. It's got only four cannons on it. So that's it's it. Not, that's it. It's wow. got. What, uh, bow, stern, aft, and uh, port and starboard. Oh, wow. One on front, one on back, left and right. But you go read all the Wikipedias about it. It's like, yeah, they didn't really need guns on there because usually it's either run away is the Straw hat straw Hat's crew motto or let's do this hand-to-hand because yeah. we're awesome Straw Hat pirates mm-hmm. with superpowers. So you don't really need armament. Mm-hmm. I won't have very many superpowers, I don't think, in, in my crew. There may be one or two because I like to twist the rules, but <laughs> uh, I do need something with a little bit more oomph to it. Yeah. I, I like the Going Merry in vibe and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd probably do similar modifications to my ship that I will pick, but that was that was the first one, and I'm, it's my favorite current one. So I was like, yeah, Going Merry, got to be in there. Yeah, it's got a good name. That's it. And I know you like good ship names. Good ship names, yeah. Halo did it the best. Yeah. I have a whole book of them. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like, it just sounds fun, but then you, oh, the guy's name was Mary. That's even better. That's slight Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah. Merryweather. Yes. Mary and Pippin. <laughs> but yeah, and like, I, I, that was the first time I've ever encountered like uh, landscaping on a ship. Mm, yes. And that, that seems so sensible. There's probably a reason why they didn't do it. But like in real life, um, or you no, didn't hear about it more? They would. Um, they kept like chickens and stuff. Yeah, they would keep livestock. Yeah. Because the best way to keep meat fresh is to keep it a living. <laughs> Live meat. Yeah. So 
I don't know. That was just one of the things that one of the quirks I loved. I was like, oh yeah, trees on a ship, neat. Yeah. I would think maybe they maybe the British kept lime trees on the ship. Who knows? Or maybe a little window garden. I haven't read anything about that, but yeah, see, that's, that's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe that's a rabbit hole for me to go nerd out on. That salt water, that salty air. I don't know. Well, who knows? Yep, you can grow stuff near the ocean. All right. So I went super silly with my first one. Okay. Because I just want to talk about this with you because I don't think we've ever talked about this other than the name. Yes. So my first pick is currently called the RRS Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> you know, David Attenborough. He's always... Watch carefully as we determine the hull of the ship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... RR stands for Royal Research. It's a Royal Research ship. It's an Antarctic exploration ship. Nice. With ice-breaking properties. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have any armaments on it, but it's a research vessel. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because this is a travesty of democracy because you know what the name of the ship is supposed to be. Not the David Attenborough? No. What is it supposed to be? Bodie McBoatface. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Hilarious. That's, I, okay, now I know what boat you're talking about. It's Bodie McBoatface. As the internet decreed. Yes. So the, By popular vote. Exactly. <laughs> if, <laughs> That's so funny. If Those of you who don't know, in uh, 2014, uh, the United Kingdom government announced funding for the construction of a new polar research vessel for the British Antarctic Survey to replace a pair of existing ships. It was going to be a 20 million pound ship wow. as far as money, okay, not yeah, how yeah. much it weighs. <laughs> and uh, it was supposed to be capable of carrying two helicopters, have research facilities, a crew of 30 and 60 research staff. This is a serious like laboratory. That's a ship that's on, growing trees for yeah, sure. Yeah. Honestly, yes. yes. It's a polar class four ship. What does that mean? Intended for year-round operation in thick first-year ice. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I love it. But in March 2016, <laughs> they put an online poll up mm -hmm. to let name the ship. Name this ship. And I guess there was a... They call them presenters over there. A British presenter, which is like a host of a show. We would be... If we were... We would be podcast presenters. Got it. If we were British. Um, Indubitably. I guess he had a popular show, and he and there had been an owl that was named Hootie McOwlface, or because, Hootie McHootface, because or Owlie McOwlface. I forget something like that. Gotcha. And he was like, "What if we named it Bodie McBoatface?" And everyone went to the internet. It caught fire. Now here are the results. Okay, and this is why this is a travesty of justice. I love Sir At David Attenborough. I Absolutely. love hearing his soothing like voice tell me all about what chimpanzees are doing uh, but <laughs> these are the results and if you want to talk about the voters being rigged and i mean this is like <laughs> this is like third world banana republic type stuff okay fair enough bodie mcboatface got 33.16 percent of the vote okay poppy may got 10.66 percent of the vote okay Henry Worsley got four point two one percent of the vote. Yes. Now Poppy May was a was a is that a, a reference to something? Poppy May's a child is named after a child who was uh, who, who um was related to like she had she had a childhood disease. It was ah, okay. well known. It's almost like um how that remember that Jessica Well girl who got in the well. Yes. Got, okay. It was a thing at the baby time. Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, baby Jessica. So it would be like if. This was happening in that era. They might want to name the ship Baby Jessica. Gotcha. Henry Worsley was like a marine or sailor who's like who had recently passed or was a hero. Oh, that or just sounded like Henry Cavill got did a write in. He's like, I want Henry Worsley. That sounds like a cool Warhammer name. <laughs> David Attenborough only got two point nine five percent. Oh, it wasn't even second. No, it's fourth. <laughs> and it barely got more than. It's bloody cold here, <laughs> which at 2.85%. Arguably 10%. Yeah. More. Now, everyone went crazy when they're like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. We never said we'd use what you voted for. We said we'd use one of the ones you suggested. So we're going with David Attenborough. But that's like, I mean, this is like dictatorships type <laughs> stuff, right? 
They went with the two percent of the vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the oligarchs got to pick. Yeah, but they, those are the those are the parents' friends that are this. Like, if you're naming a child, right, and you give the child a really unique name, we'll mm-hmm. say this is the friend that's also like you know like picture them going to a job interview and they have to be referred to that like it's bloody cold here is an amazing ship name especially for what it's doing yeah i love it but then you get on comms and you're like mayday mayday it's bloody cold here like you know so urgent we need help with Bodie mcboatface you shouldn't name a child human mchuman face As amazing as that would be, you probably have, you should hopefully have good friends in your life and go, hey, what's what's the second pick for names? Now, as a consolation, they said that they would name one of its submersible drones Bodie McBoatface. I do remember that, yeah. Now, that is not a consolation because that is not a boat. It's a submersible. Yes, it should be called like Subby Subby McSubface. Yes. (laughs) See, we got this unlocked. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that because that's like bright yellow and yes. like, looks like the but it yellow. It should be called Bodie McBoatface because no. it's not a boat. No, it's called Sinky McSinkface. Yeah, something like that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. But the David Attenborough—that is very British and honorable and and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it, so it has ice breaking capabilities, which means it has that like big old yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the the points yeah. axe head in front of it. Yeah, I mean it's a cool ship. It it would be cool to like. It'd be strange to pirate around in it, but I guess you could. You got helicopters. Here's you got submersibles. And here's what's perfect, though. You have ultimate home base advantage because you do your little shenanigans, your pirate shenanigans, you know. You go on your little uh, capers. Uh-huh. You get your treasure. Yeah. And then when you're done for the day, you book it down to the Antarctic and nobody else can like can follow you. Can yeah. follow you. And you're then right. you just camp up. You're right. It's actually a, quite a good thing. But the thing would be is as soon as, as, soon as my crew took it over. Yeah. David Attenborough is getting covered up with Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the Bodie McBoatface commercial is becoming Subby McSubface. As, as life intended. Yes, we're getting out the stencils and the spray cans. As is your pirate rightness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, fun little, I don't know why this is in my brain, but I have to say it. Fun little trivia about David Attenborough. He's one of the few people to win awards in like six different media formats. 4K, HD, 3D, IMAX, 70 millimeter, 35 millimeter. It's ridiculous. And again, I love Sir David Attenborough, but he's like, if you take Bodie McBoatface out, Mm -hmm. he's still only third after a toddler who has incurable cancer and a British Army officer who's trying to cross the Antarctic solo. Uh, I get why they're in consideration, but I see why they went with David Attenborough. I guess so. A little bit more positive. Yeah, well, you like monkeys, right? Because <laughs> you know, like I don't know. This is pirate lore again. I feel a curse coming on if you name your ship after a guy that didn't make it. Well, they do that all the time, though. I know. Like he did a noble thing. I'm not, you know, don't want to slander Worsley. That seems like juju to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love David Attenborough, but come on, man. Yeah, they were just like, uh, this one. Why to have a vote? I wonder if all the commands on the ship, instead of being like the default, like. Uh, Cortana voice is now like David Attenborough. <laughs> Batten down the hatches. Batten down the hatches. That'd be awesome. Alert. Report to positions. Oh, I love it. Here we have. But now we get to... <laughs> here we have. No, it just... That's that's about as David Attenborough's... It's always like, here we have. That's, they say that's the trick. Find the two or three word phrase. But uh, I might not be doing it right I might be confusing it with the Morgan Freeman, who's our David Attenborough now. Yes, absolutely. Old it, carpet. Every single... How you keep my feet warm when I walk from here to there. <laughs> yeah, every, <laughs> every, single, every single animal thing lately that I've seen has either David Attenborough or Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he did March of the Penguins. He's yeah. the only reason I only cried a little bit during that. <laughs> only a little bit. Well, but we're pirates. We're talking strong stuff. We're picking out ships. And my second ship uh, is picked because this is, I've talked about this concept before, but this is how my brain works, is that if you say, if if we're having a conversation and you say pirate ship, I will get a little picture in my brain of pirate ship. Pirate ship. It happened. And the pirate ship that I just pictured (laughs) is my second pick. Oh. And that is the Hispaniola from Treasure Island. Ah. 
Specifically the Treasure Island from 1955, the Disney movie. Oh, wow. The old one. Yeah. The one they based like Treasure Island land in Disneyland off of. That's it. Yeah. Um, The one that is in Technicolor. It's the old like Panavision, yeah. super saturated, old like swashbuckling movie. That's the movie, I believe, that made Pirate Talk be Pirate Talk. I believe so. Because I believe that actor is, yeah, yeah. is from that region that talks like that. That is right. Even though, like, all, like, pirates were from everywhere. Everywhere. The only pirates who would talk like that were the dudes from his region. That's it. <laughs> because yeah. that was the way they talked. Yeah, and it's some British, it's not like Kent, but it's like, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. They were all from, they were all Liverpudians or whatever yeah. it is. But mm-hmm. Cambridge or something. I wish I could remember it, but yeah, you, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. I totally forgot that tidbit. Uh, that's why we get yar shiver me tinders yeah. and peg legs and eye patches. It would be almost if, if after the first Star Wars, every Jedi talked like Obi Wan. <laughs> oh, Jedi's talk like this from a more civilized age. That would be a very theatrical Star Wars. I would I would watch that. Um, but yeah, Treasure Island. I saw this as a teeny tiny little kid, not yeah. in the fifties, but <laughs> when Disney did their big like, we're putting out vault movies, yeah, and yeah. these are the premiums, and remember these. Get from- it now before it goes back in the vault forever. Disney's always been yanking our chains. <laughs> so yeah, this is little kid. This is swashbuckling. This is like, this is the reason I got into old Errol Flynn movies, and oh, yeah. I love it's super cheesy. It's yeah, yeah. super. Hollywood and gimmicky mm-hmm. and theatrical, mm-hmm. but it's so warm and comforting to me. Yeah, um, like the bad guys are obviously bad. You got Blackbeard here, yeah. and he has a black beard and a menacing face. He's right there on the cover. You know, uh, Jim Hawkins is the cabin boy. He's, yeah, yeah. he's our you know protagonist who, who meets up with Kermit the Frog. No, wait, no, that's. <laughs> There is Muppet Treasure Island, which was so good that they yeah. did that, and that the Hispaniola is in that as well. Mm-hmm. Same ship, but uh, it's a schooner. It's your, it's what I think of. It's the Lego model that what you go buy when you buy the pirate ship Lego yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. That is essentially the Hispaniola. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's a schooner with uh, two main masts yes. and a whole bunch of sails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got that big old fat caboose in the back with the cabin's yep, quarters yep. and the fancy windows. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a real ship. Ah. Because this was back when they did all practical and they said, we're going to film on a real oh, ship. Oh, yeah, I see, yeah. Um, so it's based on a ship called the Rylands, which was made in Lancaster. Maybe Lancaster is I think is Lancaster is the place. Maybe yeah. that's it. I think it okay. might be. So this is all related. I think it might be. Lancaster. That seems right. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> we might be wrong. Oh, don't. Hey, we, you don't come here for history <laughs> lessons. You come here to be entertained for 45 minutes while you drive to work or home. Yeah. But now, just tell, for now, just tell all your friends that the pirate voice comes from Lancaster just because it's fun. Uh, but yeah, it was a real ship. The ship itself looks real pretty. Uh-huh. It's a basic seafaring vessel. It was mostly used for trade. It has maneuverability, but it's not, not too strong, but not too small. So uh-huh. it's like it's the perfect happy medium Goldilocks type of ship. And so I really just picked it because that is the epitome. Like, oh, pirate ship, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that is the pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, I, I do love Muppet Treasure Island more than the original. Yeah. but Because it's Muppets. But Treasure Island in general is is an all, all-time classic. I need to take a run back through those because I know I've seen the Treasure Island. I can picture it. I can picture the... Was, was the boy blonde? Yep. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> see? That, that sandy blonde, like, yeah. been at the beach all day blonde. Yeah, yep. I can picture him. I can picture there's, like, peg legs happening. And and then I can also picture the Muppet one, too. Yeah, you but got Trelawney and the Doc and Captain Smollett. It'd, it'd be nice to go back to that Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. And the book, I mean, it, it was it always got poo-pooed oh, because it was it, it shows up a bunch as required school reading. And any yeah. time a book shows up like that, they're like, oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. But it's Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah. And he's one of the masters of swashbuckling fiction. Yeah. I don't know if I was forced to read that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I remember it being like in my little kid library. Yep. Like in my little bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Like an illustrated version of it. I believe it. They used to make um, illustrated... Or like the Hardy Boys do Treasure Island Maybe. Types, <laughs> they used to make these things called illustrated classics. Do you remember Do you remember those? I do. They're like graphic novels. Those were good. I liked them. But it was like, a, yeah, it was, a, it was almost like a Cliff Notes version yeah, 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 of yeah. classical works. Yeah, yeah, I think I had Treasure Island of that. And I know I had Romeo and Juliet of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, why, that's why you're romantic now. I get it now. It's the illustrated <laughs> classics. It all makes sense. 
Yeah, those are the two I remember having. If yeah. I thought about it more, I could probably remember the other ones. Uh, but from the novel, I will take it for it. This is when uh, Trelawney, one yeah. of the characters in Treasure Island, he's in Bristol buying the ship and he writes to the doctor, he's like, the ship is bought and fitted. She lies at anchor ready for sea. He never imagined a sweeter schooner, a child might sailor. 200 tons, name Hispaniola. Mm. So so easy a child could sail it. That has my name written all over it. <laughs> I am child size. That means it has an uh, accessible uh, helm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the wheel of the ship. <laughs> I always love when the old timey writing like they're talking about ships like a person or like. Some, oh, it's a she. They're all she's. They're all she's, and they're all priceless works. Yes. And like, oh, you you won't be disappointed. She's got the finest blah you'd ever blah. Well, I mean, yeah. Think of those. Wooden sailing ships were all handmade. They're That's basically it. a like a piece of art. That's like it. A giant handmade piece of furniture. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I was reading about this, some of the, those some of those Spanish galleons, the ones that they hauled gold with, yes, they were made out of mahogany. Oh, the damn. whole bloody ship. Damn. That's crazy. But that like that adds more because you think about like cannonballs and cannon fire and you know in the movies they just go through them like paper which would make sense. But in real life you can't have that happen because you've no. done like first encounter. Yeah. But if you're rocking a mahogany fortress, yeah, that's intense. It is intense. But they're hauling gold in there. It kind of makes sense. They need to be tough. That's <laughs> true. Well, that's great, man. Treasure Island. I need to. I need to get back into that. Yeah. For yeah. Sure probably will with all of the crews and stuff we need to pick here in the future. And it's not in the vault anymore. It's currently streaming on Disney Plus. So oh, give cool. them money oh, that way and you yeah. can still access it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my ship, second ship, my second choice, yes. does have to do with Blackbeard because I picked his ship. Nice. The Queen Anne's Revenge. Uh, not always his ship. It was only a ship for about a year. Okay. But it's the most famous ship that he had because it was his biggest prize. And it has a storied history, and it's well-known, and they found it in the 90s, which is kind of cool. The actual ship. The actual ship. In the 1990s? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, let me tell you all about it, Mikey. Please. So the Queen Anne's Revenge is an early 18th century ship. Uh, it was most famously used as the flagship by a fellow named Edward Teach, also known as Blackbeard. Oh, his last name is Teach? Yeah, Edward Teach. Interesting. He's an anomaly. I read that. I've read many books about pirates, history books about pirates. And Blackbeard's one of those ones where uh, unless someone was like captured and put on trial, not they usually didn't have a whole lot of records of them. Like yeah, stuff uh, would come out in a trial and yeah, all yeah. that got written down. He ended up, spoiler alert, he ended up dying <laughs> um, in battle. Uh, so he was never captured in then so nothing was not a whole bunch was written about him. There's a lot of legends, a lot of myth. Um, yeah. There's a lot of like uh, secondhand accounts from crew members. But what was known about Blackbeard is that he was a guy with a big bushy black beard, and his favorite thing to do was to take those the little slow burning matches that they had that they would use to set the cannons off, and he'd put them through his beard hair, kind of braid them in, yeah. and then he'd light the ends of them so they, the smoke would be around his head. So he looked like a demon or something. It would scare the bejesus out of people when he was boarding the ship. Oh, that's so hard, though. <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, he was super successful. He had like a squadron of ships, not just one. Okay. And at one point, he came across a beautifully made French ship that was originally called the La Concorde, <laughs> or the Concorde, basically. Uh, it first started operating as a French privateer. And for those of you who know, privateers were like officially sanctioned pirates. Basically, yeah. if you were at war with a country and you needed to boost your Navy's power. Yeah, it's like mercenaries. Um, yeah, you'd find some pirates and you'd give them what was called a letter of mark. Mm -hmm. And it would say, the king of Spain allows you to take English ships during the course of our battles. Tis I be allowed at sea. Yes, Look at exactly. my letter of note. And if people tried to arrest them as pirates, they couldn't be arrested as pirates because they had a letter of mark from a government. Fun. So they needed to be treated as combatants in that case. Let me write that down for my uh, counterfeiter. Hold on. <laughs> letter of mark. <laughs> and Queen Anne's Revenge, uh, it's just A plus for ship name. Yeah. I know Le Concorde, that's French. But. Yeah, well, the thing was is that the, the Concorde, 
it was used as a privateer. It changed hands a bunch of times. It became a merchant ship for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when Blackbeard came across it, it was actually a slaver. It was a slave ship. Okay. And he captured it when it was full of slaves. And some of them became part of his crew. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's not talked about a lot in history, which, but I wish they'd do more of it, which is super cool. Yep. Um, that it's like, hey, there's a lot of able-bodied, strong guys here. We need all we can get. Yeah, we need all we can get. That guy's missing a leg. <laughs> we need an extra guy with more legs. <laughs> we need a guy with more legs. But he uh, he took the ship and renamed it the Queen Anne's Revenge, called the Queen Anne's Revenge because uh, she was the last monarch of the Stuart line. Yep. Uh, they had a civil war. She was overthrown. And it was believed that Edward Teach was a sailor in the Royal Navy while she was queen. Ah. Saw her as the true queen was and then he was like, "Oh, I'm uh, this is Queen Anne's revenge. I'm going to take down all British ships, all kinds of ships now <laughs> and get revenge for you my lady. dethroning my lady." Yeah. So that's a really cool name that, and reason? Yeah, that's it. No, it, that, he he was all over a, a awesome bigger than life pirate putting yeah. fire in his beard. And- exactly. Um, but he was really successful, especially with this ship. They offered him pardons a few times because that's what, if you were really successful and, and they couldn't catch you, they'd be like, oh, can we just pardon you and you go away now, please? Yeah. Our gallows is broken. Can you come yeah, back next week? Yeah, and he would say no because I guess he liked a pirate. He actually laid siege to Charleston, South Carolina <laughs> okay. and, and held them ransom with the Queen Anne's Revenge and all these other ships. But eventually he was chased and the Queen Anne's Revenge was run aground somewhere in North Carolina. Okay. Because there's a lot of sandbars out there. Yep. And it was kind of always like part of his legend, part of his mystery. Like if if that ship was run aground, where is it? You know, people would be like, would try and figure out from accounts and stories where exactly it was. And for hundreds of years, people were looking for the ship. But then at some point in the 90s, uh, 1996, to be exact, they discovered a wreck off the sandbar okay. in North Carolina that they believe could be the Queen Anne's Revenge. That's awesome. One of the reasons why they thought it could be the Queen Anne's Revenge is because they found 30 cannons that had been all from different origins. Ah. So some were Swedish, some were English. They were all different sizes. And that's like Pirate Cannon 101. Because yeah. you're not getting them from your government's armory. You're just getting them from ships you capture. Yeah, you, your resupply is what you can resupply. Yeah, exactly. And they've recovered tons of art, like th- more than 300,000 artifacts Oh wow! on there. They found wine glass decorated with diamonds and <laughs> tiny embedded crowns. I believe the term is encrusted. Yes, right? <laughs> they found a uh, remains of a French hunting sword, a bust that resembles Louis the 15th, and hey, cover your kids' ears. <laughs> A urethral syringe for treating venereal diseases. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now that that's fat. I mean, with a control mark indicating manufacture between 1707 and 1715 in France. That's crazy. So they found basically medical supplies as well. That's so. I always forget that medical supplies have gone through that evolution, and there's like old ancient medical supplies. Uh huh. And they debated forever, but officially in 2007. They figured about a third of the wreck was fully ex- excavated, and between everything they found and the timing and the dating in the area that it was believed that his ship went aground, they officially said, yes, this is the Queen Edward and we found Blackbeard's yeah. ship. That's awesome. So that's super cool. But uh, because it was underwater, so like no bones or... There's no bones. Or, like, There's samples. not a whole bunch of like the ship. Yeah. I think they were able to find the keel, which is the that big giant yeah. bottom beam that's really thick Mm -hmm. but most of it had been just dashed away by (laughs) waves and time there you go until until now when it's being brought back to life by you possibly as a second because i mean that would have been 1718 but it took them like what 280 years to find the bloody thing that's crazy and it was simply because they weren't sure exactly where it was but (laughs) much like the titanic they knew kind of around where it was yep but but yeah it's kind of cool. So you can go to, there's a national park near there now in North Carolina, and you can go there and see a whole bunch of the stuff. Because that's, that's, that's awesome, because I was going to ask when you mentioned, because I had no idea that Blackbeard was, 
hit North America. For yeah, some he's reason like it, an American pirate. Okay. I always had him as a British pirate, but so, treasure Well, Island. I mean, he was a British pirate. Yeah. But... I didn't know he had that much interaction with that side of the... Yeah, but people forget how close, like, South Carolina and the, or the Carolinas, because this was in North Carolina, yep. and Georgia and all that, mm -hmm. are to the Caribbean. I, I, I absolutely forgot that. Yeah. And the winds blow from that way, too, I think. So I think it's quite easy to get from the islands up to the coast of America. And it's cool that they have that museum, but I would also be interested to know, like, if... if like that pirate aspect or that time period had any like little underlying lasting effects in the Carolinas. Like if there's things that are a little bit more piratey there. You well, know? I know there is in Savannah, Georgia, for sure. I go. mean, their their hockey team that they have there now is called the Ghost Pirates. Ooh, fun! Yeah. <laughs> there's tons of piratey stuff. Okay, there's a restaurant there called the Pirates House. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of pirate. There's either I'm sure there's a pirate tour and all that stuff. So. We're, we're opening up so many wormholes in my brain that I got to fill in. It's great. Yeah, the east coast of like the or the southeast coast of America has a lot of piratey lore and all like the colonial ship stuff. Too. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Queen Anne's Revenge. I would. I just think it's neat that this was the first time I ever dug into it enough to find out why it was called that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally out of like loyalty, which is kind of cool. And also very piratey. Yes. Like Davy Jones was the same way. You know, yeah. it is very piratey to be like, oh, my lady ashore or, you know, yeah. the lady, the lady that I serve. <laughs> oh, that's great. But that means we are on to our official ships that we are picking for our official pirate cruise that will exist in real life and go do piratey adventures. Mm hmm. <laughs> Potentially, we're picking a bad guy, right? Well, I mean, Blackbeard wasn't a good guy. You know, it was also neat. I found out about he was kind of a dandy with his ship, in that a lot of times pirates, you know, they're known as being like the first communists in a way. Everything was communal and everyone was equal. Gotcha. And usually, the uh, captain would sleep where the men slept, and yeah. they change that um, captain's quarters from the naval ships into like storage or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blackbeard didn't do that. <laughs> he was very much a hierarchy and mm -hmm. here's how things go. Yes. He seemed to know what he was doing. I mean, I'm sure the French the French built a nice captain's quarters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Especially those Louis the Fifteenth era. And if it's a privateer, yeah, that, yeah. that, that affords mm -hmm. all that class as well. Yeah. I like it. And he was <laughs> never captured. He was doing something right. Probably walked in there and they're like, all right, Captain, what are you you going to store the goats in here? And he's like, uh, no, no, I'm going to store myself in here. <laughs> and a couple of these bottles in this chest of gold, <laughs> now beat it. Now fill up my <laughs> fill up my glass that has diamonds and crowns on it. Look how encrusted it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. See, I told you only a little bit. We're doing our best. <laughs> We're not going to talk like Blackbeard and talk like regular people. Come no, on. That's it. Oh, but now we are on to our, our main seafaring vessels. Oh, yes. Our ship of choice. I guess that means if we are pirates and we are taking the ship, we do have to rename it. Yeah. Speaking I, of Buddy McBoat yeah, and all that. Probably. So something to consider. I didn't mm -hmm. do that for this, but mm. I will consider. You, when we talk about the captain next time, you can, there you we go. can figure out what the captain would rename it. See? Makes sense. Uh, because mine already has a name, and the name is awesome, and that name is The Black Pearl. Arr! Kevin mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean up front. Uh, I love, I have a lot of love for that series. All of them? All of them. Even when it gets all wibbly-wobbly? Even when it gets uh. wibbly-wobbly. It does get janky. I'm not going to say they're... It, like those are five perfect movies. You you don't know what you're talking about. I I won't. I can't defend that. It's like argument. Fast and Furious. It, they it, just get what, crazier and crazier. They uh, it started grounded. Exactly. Yeah. Well, even then, only a little bit. But yes, it started way more grounded than where it ended up. But it is Fast and Furious, except pirate themed, which yeah. makes anything about ten times better. Yeah. So. <laughs> but the Black Pearl, formerly the Wicked Wench, uh, when it was owned by a captain by the name of Morgan. <laughs> yeah. That's actually lore in Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Are you movie. putting your own? Why are you putting your leg up on the chair right now? I got a little Morgan in me. <laughs> but yeah, Captain Morgan is referenced as one of the previous owners of the Black Pearl. Okay. Then it goes to Barbosa, mm -hmm. who gets, you know, he's cursed. That's yeah. the first movie that's grounded, but it's also not grounded because they're undead pirates, technically. That's true. But throughout all of these crazy movies, the Black Pearl is usually the MacGuffin or the catalyst, kind of like the Razor Crest we talked about in mm. Mandalorian. Black Pearl does a lot of the same shenanigans. Mm -hmm. 
But the the perk about the Black Pro is that it always comes through. Yeah. The things that it has survived. <laughs> uh, it was sunk by Cutler Beckett and later restored by Davy Jones. It was dragged to the depth by the Kraken and then brought back from Davy Jones's locker, shrunk down into a bottle by Blackbeard, and then restored by Barbosa. I mean, that's a long timeline, but the ship has been through all of that and still sails. Mm-hmm. With its all black covered in ash, hull and woodwork, and all black tattered sails, which, as a pirate aesthetic, amazing. Mm-hmm. All black, you, you know what you're signing up for. Like, you see it on the horizon, you're like, oh, crap, bad guys. Yes. But also, uh, it's tactical as well. They, the actual purpose explained in the sort of documentation and scripts and all that is that <laughs> uh, it was for, they could douse their lamps and then hide it at sea in the night, like, invisible. Mm-hmm. Because everything's black. So no reflection, no, like, even if you shine a light on them, you're not going to really see them. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Stealthy ship. Stealthy ship. It is a, well, to quote Captain Jack Sparrow, wherever we want to go, we go. That's what a ship is, you know. It's not just a keel and a hull and a deck and sails. That's what a ship needs. But what a ship is, what a black pearl really is, is freedom. Mm. Um, because the black pearl is known for its speed. I don't know if I get the supernatural elements because they say they say that the black pearl can outsail any ship into the wind. Yes. Uh, unnaturally so. Like, mm-hmm. how is it getting wind going against the wind? Yes. So that's been rumored to be supernatural. I would just say that's part of the curse that comes with the ship, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fi- it's faster than the Flying Dutchman. It is faster than the Queen's and Revenge. Mm-hmm. But it is that's what it's 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 a mid-sized ship. It's not exactly the Spanish. What did they call them? Galleons. Galleons. It's not exactly a Spanish galleon, and it's not the smaller ships that were closest analogy to what was actually the Black Pearl would, would be what they call the Dutch East Indiamen. Ah, yes. And so that the Dutch East uh, India Tea Trading Company yes. that was their sort of the the T model Ford yeah, for them yeah so it's somewhere in between the galleon and the Indiaman so uh, but wicked fast dude <laughs> yeah and yeah it's Pirates of the Caribbean it has armaments it's got thirty cannons uh, it's got the same sort of setup that the Hispaniola did and that it has the cabin's crew at the back you know you got your main mast and mizzen and all that so I well. Hmm. See, now I feel dumb because I kind of forgot the first one had ghost pirates in it. <laughs> but no, like even still, it's a, it's, it's a pirate it's a pirate dad and the search for his son first and foremost. It is a yeah. looking for lost gold. Yeah. Like you, the, the reveal is that they're undead and you only get that, I think, second act. So, yeah, but it, it set it up. Yeah. I should have I realized there'd be power creep on something like that. But again, where are you going to go on a fifth movie? Because they do some wacky, they do some wacky stuff. Like the yeah. ship goes underwater into the nether sea, right? Like at the green horizon when the green flash happens on the eve mm-hmm. of Hallows or whatever it was, you know. And then there's zombie pirates. Like it does, it goes bonkers. I guess maybe this is um, I'm I, I need to be better about it because I think that I should probably rewatch them all now with positron glasses. Oh, that'd be fun. Because I think when I was watching them at the time, I was watching them with, I don't know if it's old head glasses or don't want like what I don't like glasses, but <laughs> I was watching them with like those nerd glasses of like, ah, Blackbeard never did that. Yeah. Oh, no, the Queen Anne's Revenge was on a sandbar in North Carolina. You know? Why does Johnny Depp keep doing that with his hands? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Almost like if they had just made it like, all everything was made up like in one piece. Gotcha. I probably would have been like, oh wow, blah blah blah. But that's kind of the old nerd way that yeah, we're yeah. trying to fight against. There you go. We're trying to make this new nerd that says like, oh come on, if it was all made up, you'd be having fun. So just have fun and let them use the names that people will be familiar with. That, that's absolutely what like, it is. Because it is like, and I think the thing that people forget is that sometimes. This is just people like adults playing with action figures. It's like a kid playing with action figures. Oh, for sure. If you're a kid mm-hmm. and someone gave you like the the pirates playset. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're gonna have Blackbeard have a magic sword that can control all the ropes on his ship. Yeah, Kraken. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna you're gonna do that as a kid. Absolutely. You don't care Mm-mm. like what Blackbeard was really doing. No, we didn't know? see any of those at the ride. But yeah. that's another funny thing. Like. 
we we're part of the crew that also has you know given given them a little guff for trying to make movies out of their theme park rides. Like that's that's cheesy as yeah. hell. But this was the start of it. Yeah. And this one hit like yeah. Everybody forgot it was a ride, and they're like, "Oh, Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom. He he was so hot yeah. right then." Kira Knightley. Exactly. And so like Kira Knightley. <laughs> Kira Knightley. <laughs> Knightley? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Elizabeth Swan, man. Oh, yeah. she she was part of the reason too. I was prime age group for that yeah, when yeah. it came out. So. It, it, like I have gone back to them because that the, at least the trilogy, the first three, I've seen all of them, but the first three are the ones I go back to. That falls in the line with like the Indiana Jones DVDs or the Back right. to the Futures, where you can you, it, it's comfort watch. Yeah, and they really the first three absolutely do okay. hold up. I'm for gonna that. give it a whole second chance, especially since I probably need to pick some people, at least a person, because you, you can't pick anybody anymore. You nope. burned it. I did for that's the ship. P- that's part of the builder rules. You can only pick one thing from a property. That's Otherwise, it. he's just gonna be like, then Captain Jack Sparrow. Then you know, <laughs> it's we don't want to build the actual show. Well, Kira Knightley would fluster me. I wouldn't know what to say to her on my ship. Orlando <laughs> Bloom's way too hunky. I can't have him. Like I, you know. He's going to overshadow everybody. Oh, man. And I love you, Johnny Depp, but Jack Sparrow is omnipresent. That's a great pick. One of the reasons is because it's going to make me go back and rewatch something that I didn't maybe rekindle something in me. There you go. So thank you for that, Mikey. <laughs> Just watch the first one. That that one's really also the gem. So. All right. My number one pick is a real ship that did real things that I really like, <laughs> that I've really been on, that... I think would be like the bestest pirate ship ever. Really? Even though it was a naval ship. But aren't all pirate ships technically naval ships? I would say so. Once you capture it. I think this is a And then you go pirating. It's a rectangle square situation. I'm doing exactly what I got angry at Pirates of the Caribbean for doing. See? (laughs) See, I've changed everyone. You can change. You don't have to be a grumpy nerd who doesn't like things. You you can't see it, but Kevin's glowing a little bit more now. (laughs) My number one pick is... Old Ironsides. Yeah. The USS Constitution. A three-masted, wold-hulled, heavy frigate of the United States Navy. Still in the United States Navy. It's the world's, the world's oldest commissioned naval warship. Still afloat and still able to sail under its own power. But doesn't, like, doesn't actually, like, does, like, events and stuff, right? Or yeah. Does, is it, it's not still, like, active missions or... No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, all, all but of it, it still floats. That's amazing. All of its cannons are currently replicas. They don't have original cannons. Though, one of the cannons is fireable because they use it to do like... I think they fired every time they raised the flag up and stuff because I think that's something that ships used to do. Um, yeah, all their arbor days and flag days. And but what's like funny that. is it's got a modern 40 millimeter cannon like embedded into a... Old-timey looking cannon. Hilarious. So technically, if you had a 40 millimeter cannon shell. Oh, there you go. You, it could shoot still. So it does have one gun. It has a 40 millimeter cannon on it. That's pretty funny. But really, <laughs> it's just like it's a reskinned modern cannon. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Because they were so big, you can fit a modern cannon inside. And I get that. I mean, that's for efficiency and technicality. But I still know there's also Civil War reenactors out there. There's got to be a cannon maker out there that's like, oh, yeah, build one for your ship. Well, yeah. I mean, to that point, in St. Augustine, Florida, there's the fort there, and they still have old-timey. They're probably new, but they have old-timey cannons that they shove gunpowder in and shoot off. Yeah, it's not like technology we lost. (laughs) It's not, yeah. So I'm not sure the reason. I'm probably just efficiency. But you've actually been on the USS Constitution? Multiple times because it's in Boston. Oh, okay. And it was like field trip 101. It's like, <laughs> go to the Constitution. I mean, I think I went there on at least three field trips. I went there with my parents once, and I went there when I took my family to Boston recently. I, that actually also means I may have been on it once because we did a school field trip to Boston. Yeah, you were probably on it. <laughs> awesome. You were probably on it. But it's it's a very cool museum ship. I suggest anyone, if you're in the Boston area, it's a must-go-to. It is run by the U.S. Navy. All the personnel on it are active-duty Navy personnel. Um, they train on the ship. They know how to run it uh, and sail it. It's really cool. It's a cool thing. You, get to, you can go all over it because um, technically, as taxpayers, it's our ship, <laughs> which is kind of cool. That is pretty funny. But let me tell you uh, some of the history about it, um, since you're not there right now, because it is really cool. It's called Old Ironsides for a reason, and it's it's pretty neat. 
this is like one of our first ships in that the United States ever made. Nice. This is like a like George Washington signed like, okay, make these ships. Neat. They made six frigates and this one was launched in seventeen ninety seven. The all these frigates were at the time, and this is really cool. One of the coolest things I think about this is it's it was state of the art technology at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like we're known <laughs> I know I don't want to get into politics and argument, but we are known for our military industrial complex and we are known for making good stuff. Yes. And it started in seventeen ninety seven because the this type of frigate was like not made by anybody. It was a new idea because we didn't have tons of money. So we couldn't afford to make the big giant ships of the line that the British had. Yeah. But we needed something that packed a punch. So basically we took a frigate, which is kind of like a like a mid-sized quick ship mm-hmm. and boosted it. Nice. Uh, to make it be able to go toe to toe with other ships and inadvertently made a whole nother class of ship that eventually became what sailing ships became um, in Napoleonic times. Nice. Okay. So it's like... So it set the model. Basically. Yeah, it set the model. It was such a good, innovative design at the time. This may be a dumb question, but wasn't that also like... Wasn't it like New World Resources also limited what could they could build, or is that... Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but those New World Resources is one of the reasons why it made it so tough. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and we'll get we'll get to that in a second because I think this is I think there's a lot of neat stuff. So, nerd mode, go! Yeah, nerd mode. I love it. It's it's so neat. Um, do you know the Marine song, the Halls of Montezuma, mm-hmm. Shores of Tripoli? Mm-hmm. So this ship, shores of Tripoli. this ship was part of the Shores of Tripoli part of that oh, cool. song. Because if you know the Marines are under the Department of the Navy and they travel around on ships, yep. Like the, and this ship would have had Marines on it. The Marines aren't technically from this ship, but this ship was the flagship of the squadron of ships that went there. Gotcha. And the ships that put Marines on the shores of Tripoli, because at the time it was run by the Barbary King and the Barbary pirates were pirates that were terrorizing everyone around that time. And America had enough of it. <laughs> so they just basically were like, we're just going to go to where they come from and take care of them. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna come to where you live. We're gonna yes. So basically, that's what they did. It had a whole bunch of actions there, but it was the flagship, so it didn't really get into the thick at that time. Yeah, but it was there. The the once the treaty, the peace treaty was done. The Barbary Pirates had enough. They signed it on the Constitution, which is always kind of cool. <laughs> that, that history happening on the ship. It really shined after that in the War of eighteen twelve, and that's when America, little tiny America, went back to war. With the British again. Wait, when was this? <laughs> Where's Grant buried? <laughs> Who's buried in Grant's tomb? That's what it is. So the we went uh, back to war again. Uh, yeah, the War of eighteen twelve, and this was the time when the British were the us. They were the police of the world. Yep. They were the big dogs. Mm-hmm. They had colonies and a giant navy, and sometimes the French would go toe to toe with them. Sometimes the Spanish would, but generally they wouldn't fight for long because it was a pain in the butt because of the British Navy was top notch and and size and numbers, didn't right? And that's the problem. And the whole War of eighteen twelve was started because of this because. They needed sailors to man all the ships that they have mm-hmm. so they would capture American merchant vessels and impress our guys into it because they sounded British and they'd be like, you guys are British citizens because they didn't recognize. Yeah, yeah. They're that like, you're sense. from our colonies. You're on our ships now. And we're like, no, they're not. We're our own country now. So war starts. Uh, <laughs> the first encounter it had in the War of 1812, it came across five ships and a squadron of ships. It was by itself. Oh, wow. Um, they did the smart thing and they ran. Okay. Um, because come on, man. Yeah, five there's five, one. There's five ships. There was a 57 hour chase and they didn't have any wind. So they're doing crazy stuff like having the boats go out with the anchor, like way in front of it and dropping the anchor and then pulling the anchor out. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like that's super smart though. Like when you think like I would never. And like, then I'm the British strategist. saw what they were doing and they started doing it too. So this was like the chase. Can you imagine you got guys rowing with an, an anchor? And then dropping it, and then just crank, 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 crank. And you can see each other the whole time. It's like, yeah. they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> the British shot at it. The cannon fire was exchanged, but everyone missed, and the Constitution made it back. Uh, but the captain at the time felt like a failure because, like, you Turned know, tail, yeah. I ran. 
So he went back out, and when he went back out, he found one of those five ships by itself, <laughs> the HMS Guerriere. And it got in close range with Guerriere, and this is where it earned its nickname. Old Ironside. Um, the Guerrier was was firing at it, <laughs> and the, and the captain was like, "Damage report!" And they're like, "They're like, huzzah! The sides are made of iron. The balls are bouncing off." Awesome. And so that's how it became Old Ironsides. And this was because of the materials this ship was built of. Oh, okay. Most sailing ships at the time were built of oak, not mahogany, <laughs> um, and they were built with white oak. But is that British ships or this is everybody's ships. Okay. White oak grows all over the place. Gotcha. Um, but in the southeast of the United States, there's this thing called live oak. Ah. And live oak is way more dense than white oak. That's it. And the uh, Constitution has a sandwich. It has white oak, then live oak, then white oak again. So Ooh. the outsides are white oak and look like white oak. Um, but in the middle is live oak. Well, it and made a bulletproof ship almost. So live oak is super dense. And it could take it could take shots. As a matter of fact, later on, when it fought two ships, it went versus two ships, the Cyan and the Levant. They took care of both. Of, they captured one of the ships. No, they captured both of the ships. Actually, one of them got recaptured back later on. But they didn't think they had taken much damage. They wrecked these ships. They didn't think it take much damage. But once they got back to port, they found it had 12 32 pound cannonballs embedded in the hull. Nice. So literally, it did like a bulletproof thing where it absorbed <laughs> them. They didn't go through. That's because awesome. Because you've seen the movies. That's what happens. It's mm-hmm. not the cannonballs, the splinters mm-hmm. that blow through. So just, but 12, 32 pound balls were just in it. And it's, it, it still didn't like, didn't even, I would imagine it listed a little bit, but mm-hmm. still sailed back and yeah. made it back to port. Yeah. That's awesome. They didn't even know they'd taken that damage. It's like, I think it's like five and one. It never lost a battle. It, yeah, defeated five British warships, the Guerrier, the Java, the Pictou, the Cyan, and the Levant. Okay. So it's five and one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, five and none. Five and none, yeah. Five and none, no losses. It's a great ship. Part of the reason why the ship was so innovative is that it was fast and had a lot of power to it. It was. It's rated to carry 44 cannons, but they would often put 50 nice. on it. Because why not? Yeah. Um, on the gun deck, they had 30 24-pound cannons. And 24 pound means the size of the shot yeah, yeah. that comes out of it. And then on the top deck, they had 22 guns that were short 32 pounders. Nice. Which were kind of like mortary guns, cannonades, they called them. And then it had four chase guns in the stern and the bow. Oh, yeah. So this had a lot of guns on it. From, from all meant, directions. And it has iron sides. It's, yes. It's meant for fighting. And it still exists today, which means you can go uh, commandeer it. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could get it now. But one of the coolest things that ever happened in the ship is that it was fighting the HMS Java. Um, From the coffee aisles? Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, <laughs> the Java took out their helm, their okay. wheel. Their wheel got blown off. So what do you do when you can't steer? Well, that wheel goes down to ropes that turn the rudder. They just had a whole bunch of guys. Damn. And the captain would yell through the hole... That was there now because the helm was blown off, and he'd be like left or whatever, Poor. and they would pull. Yeah, and they would pull. They would pull on it manually to turn the ship. And he fought the whole rest of the battle and kicked the butt of the Java that way. And then that's how the Vikings did it. Yeah. And then when they captured the Java, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty wrecked. So usually when it, they when it was too wrecked to fix. Like, if they could capture a ship, they'd capture a ship because mm-hmm. that's just more ships for you. But if it was too wrecked, they'd just burn it. But before they burned it, he's like, grab that helm. <laughs> so, we need so they took the helm off of the Java and installed it. How cool is that? That's awesome. Especially, yeah. if it, I, I, I would hope that it had some insignia or emblem from the Java. Right. So you see it every time. It's like, yeah, that came from the Java. Yeah. How cool is that? That's very cool. Um, but yeah, this it's a really cool ship. I love going on it. I love... Seeing it, you can climb up and down it. You can see all the decks. There you go. Um, all the crew are just standing there waiting for you to ask some questions. They're very knowledgeable. It's it's really cool to go to. How much bribe money does it take for me to get into the crow's nest? So, I don't know. I think you might have to join the Navy to oh, get into the crow's nest. It's a long con, but yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. But one of the cool things about the Constitution is it's like a real-life ship of Perseus. Oh, nice. 
because it's been updated and fixed and repaired and <laughs> damaged and for I mean it's two hundred something years old, right? And it still floats. And it still floats, but they estimate only thirty seven percent of it is the original ship. That's a good chunk. So I is it the still so it's like that. Is this the still the still ship? Well, the the helm is not the original helm, so. so but oh, yeah, the, uh, I love that the ship of Percy is myth and that like he had a ship, but he, you know, replaced one plank and then he replaced a mast yeah. and then he replaced a sail and then eventually you replace enough parts that none of the parts are original, but the ship uh-huh. is still there. Right. So is that now still the ship of Perseus? Yes. And of course, all like Black Pearl, fictional ship, but all the same thing. Like yeah. they're all like recommissioned and scrapped together and, and still seaworthy. So yes, the Constitution, state of the art at the time. We think of it as a goofy old ship, but it's really cool. Like it. And we talked about it, the, like everybody has different levels of <laughs> ship adventures in their mm-hmm. life, but even just going to that type of museum to actually be physically on it yeah. is, is a sensation that's very unique. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I highly recommend it, but that's what I want to be on my pirate ship and we'll see what the captain's going to rename it. Okay. Not that this is an actual requirement, but do you know how many it would take to crew the actual U.S. Constitution? I don't know, actually. It's always surprising to me how few people it takes to run one of these ships. Yeah. Because most of the crew is gunners. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, this is what I do remember. I remember that the gun crews were in charge of a gun on each side. So they were in charge of two guns. Okay. And I know that there was like 14 of them or so in a gun crew. Gotcha. So seven for each gun. Mm -hmm. I think something like that. So... That's like you got 30, if you had 50 guns on it. Times seven. That's a lot of guys. That's 450 dudes. Yeah. That's but that's like guys. also fully stocked, ready right, to go fully win some war and pull some right, ropes exactly. to turn the ship. <laughs> that, that's just going to, well, see, that's what the other seven guys would be doing. Yeah. Because they couldn't, sh- unless they had ships on both sides. Yeah. You're only using one side yeah, at a time. The other guys were doing other stuff. Interesting. So, yeah. I'm just curious, like what the what the bare minimum is, because yeah, it probably did. is like ten. You need like the helmsman and the navigator. Yeah. You know, it, it's always surprising to me because they'd capture a ship mm-hmm. and they would have to split up crew, split up crew, and sail it back. So you're not going to take like half your crew and put it on the other ship. Which ship gets the cook? It's and like, then, oh yeah. no! <laughs> and then you have to guard the prisoners and stuff. And then sometimes the prisoners would have been impressed, so they they'd be like, "No, I don't want to join you." Mm-hmm. So yeah. You get your own ship. You've proven yourself. You're a seaworthy lad, Kevin. Yar. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Constitution. Soon to be renamed. Yes. Arr. Arr. So we got our ships, the Constitution and Black Pearl, two very worthy ships. I'm excited. I'm ready to set sail. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know what ships we want in our pirate crew. We want to know what ships you want in your pirate crew. Yar. What'd we leave out? What'd we forget? Is there, I know that there's like, there's famous like, um, Admiral, what's his name? Admiral Nelson? Is that that British? He has a famous ship. There's Captain Nemo. He had a big old ship. Yeah, there's a lot of people with famous ships. Um, We were trying to keep it relatively piratey. Yeah. Like no no spaceships, no modern warships. Right. And I thought I thought of like the I forget what it's called. There's a there's a ship in Moby Dick, but that's a whaling ship. I don't think it has any guns on it. Yeah. Um, Uh, the ship in the movie Moby Dick was the Hispaniola from Treasure Island. Oh, the same, that same The actual ship, ship the Rylands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, Hispaniola. I assume that was made in Spain. I would imagine. Uh, no, it was made in Lancaster. No, that's uh, the Rylands. Just kidding. Arr. The fictional lore is out there, but... Uh, so let us know what ship you want. You can hit us up on all our social medias, at Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I mean, X. I mean... Threads? I mean, uh, whatever. I saw some journalists trying to use zeted as a verb for like tweeting now. It oh was X-E-E-T-E-D. I was like, no, that that no. fetch is never going to happen. Go go to Instagram. Yes. It's, that's easiest and has pictures and it's fun. And if you're older, hit us up on Facebook. We're out there. Uh, <laughs> or uh, even older, send us Gmail. Yeah, if you're older, send us a Gmail. Assuming positions at gmail.com. Every week I say, yo, Mikey. How do you want the Gmail formatted? This is easy. I mean, not yo. Arr, Mikey. (laughs) You beat me to the answer. This is talk like a pirate. We did it. You should enjoy it. It, They have a national day for it now. It makes you feel better. So type like a pirate. Send me your scurviest of messages. Arr. Yeah, barnacle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Speaking of barnacles, there's a point when I was reading about the Constitution's history that one of the captains was like, this boat is way slower than everyone ever said it was. And they got a new captain on, and he's like, did he ever clean the hull? And they were like, no, we kept telling him to. You're supposed to clean the hull? And then they cleaned the hull, and they said there was 10 wagon loads of barnacles on the thing. I was going to say, was that when they found the cannonballs wa- like latched <laughs> no, into the side? Like, who left these here? <laughs> no, but, it, but it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, incompetence. Anyway, <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for listening. You're the best positrons you ever were. Uh, we also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, not Scott's productions for our equipment and Jazzar for our music. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you next time for some more nerdy goodness. Yar. Set sail, matey. It's fun to be a pirate. It is indeed. I want some fried fish now. Long John Silver's? What? He's in Treasure Island. Go watch it.